Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. On this Wednesday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. What's going on, Gambo? Birdsy, what's going on? Bitch, give me a little of that. Give me a, give me a little volume on that. Uh, John Tess, working the, work the keyboard. Season opener, NBA, Phoenix Suns, downtown Phoenix. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Good job. Game one. The, good job of the music, bitch. That was great. Outstanding. You're Outstanding work right there. Yes. Day one of the Phoenix Suns season as we welcome you in here on the Burns and Gambo Show on Arizona Sports. We are live from downtown Phoenix. We're at the Ainsworth right across the street from Footprint Center. We'll actually be here until 6.30 tonight. We've got bonus Burns and Gambo because of the 7 o'clock tip time. Gambo, happy opening day to you. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah? I'm ready. Just got word that Maxi Kleber is going to go for Dallas tonight. Oh, he is. Yeah, he just got word. Going he in was questionable tonight. going in. I just got word that Maxi Kleber is expected to play for the Mavs. So okay. we get that information out there quick for, for everybody that's uh, that's getting ready for the game tonight. For anybody who's sitting around waiting. I wonder if Maxi Kleba's playing tonight. A lot of people well, are now we out. know. Now, now you know. we know. We're good. We're set. You want information? That's what we do here. We get you information. That's right. Even something even that's on the other team. random and minutia-oriented as Maxi Kleba and whether he's going to play tonight. We've got it for you here on the Burns and Gambo mm-hmm. show. Uh, we've got a lot of heavy sun stuff for you today. We've got uh, James Jones coming up at 3.30, our weekly segment with our Suns insider, Kellen Olsen. Looking forward to that at 3 o'clock. A lot of conversation about the Suns, about predictions, about expectations, about what happens. So let's kick it off with our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. I said that a couple days ago. People are going to be looking at this as the revenge game, but Win or loss is one game of the season. You know, it's not the playoffs. It's not anything special, to be honest, besides starting a new season. Um, we're going to have another one Friday, another one Sunday, and the, and the season's going to keep going. There's an old proverb that revenge is a dish best served cold. Mm. Is revenge on the menu tonight at Footprint Center or... Doesn't it doesn't matter. Too early it for doesn't, such things. It right? doesn't matter. They punked you in the playoffs. They humiliated you at home. There's nothing you could do to erase that. Yeah, they moved on. They got to the Western Conference Finals. You went home. Team with the most wins in the NBA didn't even make it to the Conference Finals. Like that's done. It's over. Javel McGee's on that team now. Like there's nothing you could do about it. But if you take like if you take the game against Milwaukee last year after they had lost to the finals again, man, that game you could tell that game meant something to him. You could just tell that that game had some meaning to the Suns when they played Milwaukee. So I would expect that they'll go out there. They're going to want to win this game. Dallas is going to want to win the game, too. But for the Suns, you know, when you do lose to a team, there probably is that little extra oomph to go out there and win. Yeah, Cam Johnson speaking with reporters. Of course, he in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, of course we want to stick it to the Mavs. Yeah, and I bet you it was the same way for them last year. I bet you it was the same way for them in the playoffs, and I bet you they're feeling the same way coming into tomorrow. Um, and, and, and that's that. You know, we'll go in. It's opening night. 
Everybody's going to be playing hard. Everybody's going to be on 10. Everybody's going to be locked in. Um, but we're going to use whatever we can pull from to add that, that chip on our shoulder, that fuel to the fire. I mean, you mentioned the revenge game from last year against Milwaukee, the two times they played him. I mean, if you think back to the season, before it all went sideways in the playoffs the way it did, the Suns were, in many ways, a revenge-oriented team anyway. Not just against Milwaukee, but any team that they felt like had done them dirty at some point during the season. Even if they <laughs> lost to a team during the regular season, it they acknowledged openly, it's our mission to get that team back the next time we play them. We lose to Miami at home. The next time we go to Miami, Devin Booker, if I remember right, was recovering from an injury, made sure he was activated on the plane, flying to South Beach, so he could play against the Miami Heat for the sole reason that the Miami Heat had humiliated them in their own building a couple of months before. They were... Now, th- does that ultimately matter? No, because as revenge-oriented as they might have been last year, every time they lost in the regular season, they still got to the postseason and put up back-to-back dog-breath performances in Game 6 and Game 7. So at the end of the day, no, it doesn't matter. But in, in the context of just tonight, it'll be fun because it's going to dredge up a lot of mostly bad memories between yeah. these two teams that we all collectively experienced back in May. Well, when they played Milwaukee last year, was, it wasn't until much later. They played him in February, February 10th, and they beat the hell out of him. 131-107, huge game for DeAndre Ayton with 27 points. Now, you know, they had, you know, they had their guys, but it was, they, they beat him up pretty good. So I think that they wanted to win that game. What does it mean in the grand scheme of things? Nothing. Because they, you know, they, they extracted their revenge on Milwaukee. They got the win, and they got a eliminated in the second round okay so for the it doesn't matter i mean it really doesn't matter now there's a lot of things to look at i mean you're gonna have javel mcgee on the other side tonight playing for the dallas mavericks he got a three-year deal that's going to be odd to see you know me I'm very focused on Monty, substitution patterns. Who's the first guy off the bench, the second guy, the third guy? We still have no Jay Crowder trade at this point. Cam Johnson in the starting lineup. How's that going to look like this? There's a lot going into this game that we're going to keep our eyes on. If, if I can just tell everybody listening to us right now a moment off the air before we went on the air, about three minutes before the mics were hot, Gambo turns to me and says, can you believe Jay Crowder's still on the He's Phoenix still Suns? still on the Suns. And I, no, I can't. I, I can't believe this hasn't been done. I can't believe this hasn't been resolved. James Jones today? James Jones today at 3.30. James Jones today. We'll ask him about it. Yeah. We'll ask yeah, him about I, it. I'm curious to hear what he has to say about that because I I would have thought, and I, I get it, they're playing the long game and they're being patient. I don't know how much longer Jay is going to sit and rot. It's a contract year from him. I'm sure he wants to go somewhere and play so we can earn that next contract. And I'm sure the Suns want to move him so they can get a part they can use off the bench to be able to help him out this season. It's very odd it hasn't happened yet. I, I can't wait to hear what James has to say about it because I, I thought this needed to be resolved. And to your point, very curious to see how the offense looks with Cam Johnson in the starting lineup. Cam in the that's, starting lineup. That's the whole reason why this is happening with Jay, right? Yeah. I mean, Cam Johnson was told he's going to be a starter and Jay's like, get me out of here. Forget it. Yeah, and in a contract, Jay you know, Jay wanted to see if he can get another contract and the Suns were unwilling to extend him and keep him you know, longer than just this year. He's on the last year of his deal. And they're you know, going to be a luxury taxpayer and they may want to do something else with that position as Jay gets a little bit lower. But he's a valuable piece. He's a valuable piece. A good defensive player, good offensive player, leadership, intangibles. I mean, I liked him. I mean, I really did. I really liked Jay Crowder. I think he was a solid guy to have. And, I've, you know, like I've said to you, one of the, the things with the intangibles, his ability to get on book. 
to get on Chris Paul, to get on Monty. Yeah. He's the only veteran that could do that. There's nobody on that roster that's going to go up to Chris Paul and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get your head in the game. There's nobody's going to do that. Jay was the one guy that could do that to Book and Chris and, and Monty, and they respected him for it. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you're not going to just put all these five bench guys out there and say, have a run with it, because I, I just don't think they're good enough. So I really want to see how long does Book play with those guys? How much does Cam Johnson play with the second unit. Yeah. How much will Cam play with that second unit? He was a big part of it. I think you'll see him play with them quite a bit. Well, you know, Chris as well. So, you know, I think that the second unit is not as good as you would want it to be, and that's why I think you'll see a bunch of the starters, you know, playing with those guys. Yeah, the, the how they you deploy the second unit is going to be huge. Now, one of the key guys, maybe the key guy on the second unit is not available tonight. Landry Shamit's not going to play. You mentioned that a second ago. So we'll see how that alters the rotation, alters the playing time. Who gets those minutes? Is it Damian Lee? Is it Josh Okoge? Is it some of the you know the guys that were very curious about going into the season? You don't think they have enough bench. I don't think they have enough bench tonight. We find out just how much they've got in that regard. So no Landry Shamit tonight. We assume everybody else is good to go. Campaign with the finger. Cam Johnson with the thumb. They were both at practice over the last couple of days. And then for Dallas, different. Right? I mean, not a lot different, but different no enough. Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. No Jalen Brunson. In New York, they get Christian Wood. They get JaVale McGee. They don't really replace Jalen Brunson unless you want to count getting Tim Hardaway Jr. back because they didn't have him for no. long stretches last year, and maybe they're looking at that and thinking that's enough. Yeah, I think Hardaway is going to be a big play, a big player for them, and they didn't have him last year. so And he could score. He could flat-out score. And then Wood's an offensive player, too. We'll see if he plays any defense. And then JaVale McGee, as we know from him here. I mean, that was a big loss. I mean, JaVel was a really good rim protector. And now they, when they signed JaVel McGee, they're not looking at it like, you've got to go play 35 minutes a game. They just like, they want JaVel to start games, play with that energy. You know, he's got asthma, so you want to bring him, you know, get him plenty of rest and bring him back out there. Go as hard as you can for four minutes. We'll pull you out. Go as hard as you can for five minutes. We'll pull you out. But he's a big part of what they want to do. That's why they gave him, that's why they gave him a three-year deal. Like a three-year deal. So, um, and we had reported on that all off season that the Mavs weren't on Javel and the Mavs were going to sign Javel. So, you know, the Suns have DeAndre Ayton. You're getting Dario back. You know, so you've got Dario back and you've got Landale, who did a really good job. He was the biggest surprise in the preseason yep. and the camp with Jack Landale. Uh, by the way, we should expect a career game from Mikel Bridges. Uh, his Phillies up one game to none in the series. They're leading game two, three nothing right now in the second. Jeez. Mikel's Bridges Phillies are, are man. Remember who he said his two favorite players were yesterday? Bryce Harper and... Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Schwarber. Sorry. And they both homers. Yeah. Well, did Schwarber homer or did he detonate a baseball? I'm not exactly sure. I, does that count as a home run? Somebody even joked that that should count as two runs he hit that ball so yeah. far. He That ball vanished it's on its way to Florida from right sight now. as fast as I've seen any ball vanish from sight. So, Mikel should be a very fired up motivated guy tonight, I think, and that will be good to see for the Suns. 7 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Do you want to remind you that we are giving you the chance to see tickets to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul. He takes on legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday October 29th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. Has Devin Booker hit his ceiling or is there more to his game and will he get there this year? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. 
live at the Ainsworth downtown on Sunday, presented by Michelob Ultra. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The primetime giveaway from Arizona Sports. All right, it's time for our last one, and we're doing it nice and early in the show to give this person, or whomever ends up winning them, a good chance to get down here and get the tickets, or get wherever she needs to go to get the tickets. Our last primetime away qualifier is Brittany Smiley from Phoenix. Brittany, we're two for two so far on the Burns and Gambo show. Damn right we are. Brittany, you've got ten minutes to call, 602 260 9870. Feed our egos. Make us feel that we're perfect by going three for three. And win yourself a pair of tickets for tonight's Suns game and tomorrow's Cardinals Saints game in our primetime giveaway. Brittany Smiley. Here's your number 602 260 9870. You've got 10 minutes to call. 602 260 9870. If we don't hear from Brittany within 10 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines and we'll give those tickets away to somebody else. But for now, the phone line is for Brittany and Brittany alone. Brittany Smiley from Phoenix, 10 minutes, 602-260-9870. Now, you know, we, uh, we're out at the Ainsworth, and we're actually giving away today, giving away today, two, are they both Devin Booker jerseys? Two Devin Booker Valley jerseys oh. we are giving away today. You just got to come down and register to win. So um, if you come down, we're at the Ainsworth, 2nd Street in Jefferson, two Valley Devin Booker jerseys, and we're going to give them both away today. So like that, next, not next, today. Two, somebody's going to win. Fantastic. Two people are going to win a jersey today. All right. Not one, two Devin Booker Valley jerseys. Come on down here. We've got a QR code. You scan it. You're registered to win. 2nd Street and Jefferson, right across the street from Footprint Center, and we're going to be here until 630 tonight, right, in advance of the pregame show. Devin Booker today talking about year eight of his career in the NBA and year eight of his career with the Phoenix Suns. Pretty similar, man. I, I had the same gratefulness for, for this opportunity. And to be one of those players that's been in the same organization, the same city from the beginning is you know, something I, I hang my hat on that I'm proud of. Fun and the first game is always funny because you get like a football style, like a week prep versus the team that you're playing against, and then right after this, they just start going. So it's always an exciting time. He's such a good son, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great son. He's such a good son. Yeah, he's I mean, a great he, son he's, just, he's done, other than the struggles early in his career, Devin Booker's done almost everything right in his career. Almost everything just perfect. Yeah. He's a really, really, really good son. He's on a super max contract. He's, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a homegrown product drafted by Ryan McDonough. And he's turned into, yeah, he's turned into one of the best sons players of all time. I mean, he is, you know, he's got a chance to go to the Hall of Fame. He's, you know, he's got a chance to be a perennial all-star now. You know, every year we said once he gets in that first one, he's going to go on a run, right? He's going to go on a run. He's taking the team to the NBA Finals, which, uh, you know, Steve Nash never did, but Charles Barkley did. Um, I, I I think that there's still more growth for him, though. I do think that there's more uh, th- there's more of him that that another level that he can get to. He's at that star level right now. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. But I think he can even take his game to another level. Yeah, uh, with credit to uh, Gerald Bourget of PHNX Sports, he wrote a lengthy article about Devin Booker today, and a lot of what we're going to talk about was kind of inspired by this article. After and it's headlined after a life changing summer for Sunstar Devin Booker. What's next? 
And Gerald points out a lot of stuff you just did. You know, he, he got the Supermax contract extension. First team All-NBA. He got MVP. He was fourth in the MVP voting. He's on the cover of the, the NBA video game, which for him was a big, big, big deal, right? It's been a life-changing summer. Is, for lack of a better word, in terms of Devin Booker, the basketball player, and I say this with all due respect, is this it? Like, is this version of him the finished version of him? And if it's not, what else does he need to do? Where's, where's like a, like a kid, you know, you've, you've got a son, right? And he, he's probably going through shoes like it's going out of style, right? My God, I can't and wait for him to just go to college because of that. Puts on a pair of shoes and you feel for Three the toe, right? Where's the toe? Three where's months the toe? later. Three months later. Is Devin and Booker? And cleats, turf, sneakers. Because oh, yeah, the, they play sports, it all changes. You, you don't just need a new pair of sneakers. You, buy, you need a new pair of cleats and a new pair of turf. you got to buy the kid 10 pairs of shoes, right? I know. Is Devin Booker, is, is he done growing? Or is there still room to grow, and do we still need to metaphorically get him another pair of shoes at some point in the next year? No, or two? I think what you want to do is you, you know you want to you, you want to be consistent. Now you want to be the best player at your position in the NBA. Get go get to that All Star game every year and continue to help your team win. There are things within his game that he can do. You know his free throw numbers have come down quite a bit. I think a lot of that has to do with Chris Paul uh, defensively. Like he's not a liability anymore, but he's not a great defensive player. He's so he can still work on that aspect of his game. Um, you know, his mid-range game, his three-point shooting, a lot of that is great. But you just have to continue to work and get better and 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 be that guy. Listen, it was a time last year we were debating who closes out the game. Is it Paul? Is it Book? Is it just work on that? Work on being that guy that's going to close out games too. I mean, he's done it so many times and so many great moments. So I do. I still think there's quite a bit for him to grow. Yeah, I, I think so too. And you, and you mentioned a couple of them. Um, I mean, like this time a year ago, I remember thinking, Thinking, I, Devin Booker needs to be a better three-point shooter. I mean, that's supposed to be his specialty, and, and it seemed as if that had gone away from him. Well, last year he shot a career-high 38.3% from the three-point line, so it's seemingly he fixed that. I'd like to see him get to the line more the way he used to. Sometimes, not that he's settling for jump shots necessarily, but the but the drive game for Devin Booker, it feels like it's taken a little bit of a step back in terms of either his willingness or, or how often he does it over the course of a game. Of course, I, I, I hesitate to even bring up how the season ended against Dallas because he did not play well in those last Terrible. two games. Obviously, it was awful. Terrible. It was like 9 of 31, I think, in those two games combined. But then I think, my God, in the NBA Finals, the man had back-to-back 40-point games. Mm-hmm. Are we really going to sit here and say, no. we can't, right? No. Oh, man, Devin Booker in the big moments, no. he can't come through. Really? No. He had back-to-back. 40-point games in the NBA Finals. I think that kind of nullifies what he did last year against the Dallas, Mavs. Dallas doubled him. They had, a, they had a method on what they wanted to do. They doubled and trapped him, and they, they had seen that Booker likes to retreat when he gets doubled, and that allowed them to trap with the double, and then when he retreated, it allowed the trapper to now go back into the rotation. And Monty never adjusted to that. I mean, I blame a lot of the loss on Monty for not making any adjustments. I mean, really, no adjustments. But it was, it was you know, Book... They they decided the Mavs decided we're going to trap you up top, and when he every single time he would retreat a little bit to instead of going forward or left or right, he would just go backwards to try to give himself space. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, that allowed the Mavericks to now get the trapper to go back into a defensive rotation. Yeah, I, I mean uh, that all of that and and getting to the line more, getting to the rim a little bit more, and, and as crazy as this sounds, getting more touches. He's a very there. There was a stat that was. 
included in Gerald's story. It was a tweet about points per touch, right, among high-volume players. I couldn't believe that number. He, he's number one in the NBA in terms of high-volume guys, in terms of the number of points he scores based off of the number of touches he gets per game. You know, so it's... it's it, 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 and he's so far ahead of anybody else, right? I know, right? Yeah, he's first. He's been first in the league for the last few years, which kind of get, get him more touches, get him more opportunities, but he's also a very willing passer within yeah. the system. Let's get Mikel involved. Let's get Aiton involved. Let's get this guy involved, right? I mean, it's he's, he doesn't take as many shots as maybe he should in this system. I think a lot of that, too, is getting to the rim. I think there's going to be more growth when Chris isn't here. He took a big step when they gave him Ricky Rubio. That's it. That's it. No, you just hit it. That's it. Right? Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. I cut you off because no, you're, no, go ahead. you're on it. That's it. When Chris Paul's not here, I think that's when point book, whatever we want to call it, when the more, you know, the, the guy who initiates almost everything, I think that's when Devin Booker takes that next leap. We always wondered what it would be like if he played with a good point guard. Because so many years he played with garbage. Just garbage. And then you got Ricky Rubio. And it changed. And Booker became a better player with Ricky Rubio. And then you got Chris Paul. And he became an even better player. But now that you've learned from those two guys, when, when Chris is gone and they bring a new point guard in, what level can he take his game to without those guys? And that will be something to watch. Uh, we are three for three on the Burns and Gamble show. We finished course, yeah. three for three. Yeah. Brittany called in time. Congratulations, Brittany. We look forward to hoping to uh, bump into you tonight at the game or maybe tomorrow at the Cardinals game. Congratulations on that. Perhaps the Arizona Cardinals can, in fact, hang their hat on the return of DeAndre Hopkins. Why is that? We'll tell you next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Right, let's send it back to the auction community studios where Eric Ruby is standing by on this Wednesday, opening day for the Phoenix Suns. Happy opening day to you too, Rubes. Hope oh. you're rocking the purple and orange today. Oh, man, I've got the uh, the Valley Book jersey on now. I heard uh, we're giving away a couple of those down Two there. Two of them. Two of them, as a matter mm. of fact. Come down here to the Ainsworth. They're, they're, they're practically collector's items since they're going away from the Valley jerseys this year. They're not. They only. They had a two-year window where they had to switch to something else. So they have to. They're, they're done with these. I think. Get them while you can. Get them while you can. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we I don't are, understand that, but okay. I don't understand it either. I mean, it's. It, it, you like the, the jersey? Keep the jersey. The one's going to be a throwback in five years. Of course, and I can't. And, and speaking of throwbacks, so oh, I can't wait to see the purple sunburst throwback. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll be nice. Okay, that'll 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 do this part good. The purse strings, uh, yeah. The purse strings, the heart strings, the strings, the heart strings, strings, yeah. All of them, because I'll probably have to buy one. Um, all right, you got a, tw- a poll question for us. We got. That's right. We have a pretty simple one, guys. How many games do the Suns win this year? Here are your four options. Option number one, we're starting low, 40 or fewer. Option number two, 41 to 47. Option number three is 48 to 54. And option number four is 55 plus. Three. 48 to 54? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 48 to 54. Do you have any specific predictions within that window? You can put me down for 53. 53? Uh, you can put me down for 53 wins for the Suns this year. Gambo, you know, 50... 54. 54? All right, he right going, he's going with the top end. All right. 54. Yeah. 
All right, what's our audience say? 59% are rolling with Burns and Gambo, man of the people. You guys are leading 59% there. 29.7% is going higher. 55-plus wins for the Suns this season. Not a lot on the lowers. 9.3%, 41 to 47. And 2%, 40 or fewer. Looks like the Mavs fans found the Burns and Gambo account again. <laughs> well, they did last year, too, if I remember man. right. During the postseason, so that's not a surprise. All right, you can find that question. Good one on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where you can find it. It's weird to think that it's still a really good season to win 54 or 53 games. That's, what, 10 games less than last year? 11 games less than last year? It's like kind of a letdown when you think about it from that standpoint. We'll see starting tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. And then tomorrow, we just roll right into Thursday night football between the Cardinals and the Saints. And before we tell you about DeAndre Hopkins. Saints come March. Marching in. Yeah, well, some of them aren't. Not all of them are. <laughs> not all the Saints not, are coming marching in. Not all in. the Saints are marching in. Yeah. Wide receiver Michael Thomas is not. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Guard Andrus Pete. Tight end Adam Adam Troutman is not. Cornerback Marshawn Lattimore is not marching in. Those are all relatively expected names, mm. I think, from the Saints standpoint. When the backups come marching in. <laughs> oh, when the backups come marching in. When the backups. March right in. Um, I want to be in that number. Um, the quarterback's going to be a game time decision, according to Dallas Allen. Yeah, yeah. Nice Dalton and close. Dalton yeah, or James. I mean, I th- I'm expected it's going to be Dalton. I would think that it's going to be Dalton. I don't know that James could get ready in time. But, yeah, game time decision, they're not ready to go either way. So there are some things to worry about with that team for sure. But, yeah, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. We'll find out tomorrow. All right, then, from the Cardinals' standpoint, uh, James Conner, game day decision. Matt Prater, game day decision. Rodney Hudson has been ruled out. Marquise Brown has been ruled out. Dennis Gardeck has been ruled out. Darrell Williams has been ruled out. And, of course, we know Justin Pugh's out. So, once again, it's the Harlow-Garcia combination in the middle of that offensive line, and we'll just see about James Conner and what, whether he's ready to go tomorrow or not. Yeah, and that'll be big. If they can get Prater. Listen, for more, more than anything, like Matt Prater. Like, you need Matt Prater. I know, right? Because, like, the like you, you can't be passing up easy three points because you're Coach doesn't trust the kicker. One hundred percent. And I don't. This new guy. I don't trust this new guy either. He hasn't kicked yet. I just. I don't trust him. Rodrigo Blankenship. I don't trust him. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't on a team, so I don't trust him. <laughs> so like, I, I automatically don't have trust in him. I mean, so. you do. I mean, let's be honest with the audience. You kind of have trust issues to begin with, but but I can see why you might not trust Rodrigo Blankenship. I don't trust Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> I don't trust Matt Amendola. I'd have more trust if Jay Feely was kicking field goals. Oh, well, Jay. I think Jay would get you get your forty yard. Field goal, no problem. Right through the uprights. Here comes the Jay Feely text. In I would. I mean, one. I'm sure tomorrow, forty yard field goal. Jay Feely or Rodrigo Blankenship. I take Jay Feely. I'm I'd, serious. I'd, I don't know how old he is. I take him. <laughs> probably, I would. You're probably not one wrong. One kick, forty yards. I'll take Jay Feely. You're probably not wrong at all. Now we do know DeAndre Hopkins is going to play, and our friend Jess Root over at Cards Wire. I'm glad he did the homework because I wouldn't have thought to do this. Went back and looked at season debuts for DeAndre, and it's weird to think of it. Yeah, yeah, this is DeAndre Hopkins' season debut. In 2020, when he made his Cardinals debut in week one, 14 receptions for 151 yards. Not bad. Not bad. Last season, the numbers weren't as gaudy. Six catches for 80 yards, but he scored two touchdowns. Yeah, not bad. 
2019. He was a touchdown machine at the start of last year. He wasn't getting the yards. But he was getting the touchdowns. He was getting the touchdowns. He's going to have like 17 touchdowns. And then even in 2019, his debut for the Texans, eight catches, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm just saying he does. Now, is this different because he hasn't played in a year? Should we take this as evidence that, hey, despite a long layoff, DeAndre Hopkins can come in and impact a game immediately? What do you think? No, the size of those hands, just get the ball near him, and it's like sticks to his hand. <laughs> I, it's not, you know, I don't think that this is a position that you look at and you say, I don't, you know, is he gonna, he's going to run his patterns. He's going to get the ball thrown to him, and he's going to catch the football. That's what he does. I mean, I don't really, you know, he's been able to stay in shape. So we're not talking about like if there was a knee injury or he's coming back from an Achilles injury. Or, we're not talking about an injury here. We're just talking about, you know, he was suspended. Yeah. But he was been able to run, and, and he's been able to work out and all of that stuff. So, no, I, I would totally expect that. I don't know. If you put an over-under on how many catches and yards oh, he's going to get, I might you, I might are, actually go over. Are you asking me to? Are you? Are you? Are you am I? Well, I wasn't asking you to, but if you want to, you know, if you want to, I mean, let me let me ponder. Let me think. You about got it for uh, a little later on in the show six, eight, and fourteen in his last three games. Eighty, one, eleven, and one fifty-one in his last three openers. So the so the the average is twenty-eight in his last three openers. He's had twenty-eight catches, so that's nine, and he's had two hundred and sixty, three hundred and forty yards. My Eno bets. All were under, right? They were all under. My, you know, over-unders, touches, yards yeah. were all... I, I think the yards were significantly under. I think the touches were close, but they were still under. All right, well, I ponder that. Let me play this soundbite to you from Robbie Anderson, who was available today to the media and was asked what he wants to prove now that he's got a brand-new football team. You know, just prove to myself what I know I'm capable of, and, you know, to my family and my teammates, you know, just, you know, achieve my goals. Very hard to hear that because somebody was shouting in the background. I have no I idea what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather you just read it to me. That? <laughs> just read it to me. I don't know what he said because somebody back in the background was losing their mind. What well, the guy? I heard more of the guy in the background than I did him. Uh, let's let's, see, let's play. You know, just prove to myself what I know I'm capable of, and you know, to my family and my teammates, you know, just you know, achieve my goals. I forget, don't ever play that again. <laughs> Mitch, delete that from the archives. I'm sorry, Robbie. Were you speaking? No idea. Were you, were you talking, Robbie? There's somebody back behind mm. you, and I, all I can do is hear them. Um, uh, Cliff said today on Robbie that if Robbie Anderson plays, it will be very limited. Wants Anderson to have a comfort level in his first snaps with the Cardinals. Now, is that a ruse? Is that a deke? Or is Robbie Anderson going to be gonna, I mean, very I, limited I, tomorrow? I expect he's going to play. He'll be limited by how much of the playbook can you learn. Yeah. You're not going to learn a whole playbook in two days. It's, so you're limited in, like, we're going to run some, have some plays that you can run. And he, when you're out there, there's going to be a limited number of plays that he knows that you're going to run. But he's not going to know the whole playbook. You sent me a story. In some ways, he's the perfect ad for the Cardinals because he plays on the right side almost exclusively. Right. D-Hop on the left. Robbie, I mean, he almost exclusively yeah, guy. lines up on the right has side of the field. Lined up in a slot a little bit, but not a whole lot. He's going to line up on the right. You know, you, you make sure that he knows five to ten plays. And look, he's, he's, here's the play. When you're in, these are going to be the plays. I mean, you can't expect him to know everything. He'll get it down eventually, but not now. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals are, the Arizona Coyotes, pardon me, are rolling. They got their first win recently. And coming up next is our exclusive chat with their GM, Bill Armstrong. He joins us next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Arizona, 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 Sports. Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo talk with the decision maker from the Coyotes front office. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. Our weekly visits, that we're moving some things around a little bit. Normally, we'll have this conversation um, on a different day, and we appreciate Bill Armstrong, the general manager of the Coyotes, for moving days on us a little bit because we've got uh, football games tomorrow and pregame coverage and things like that. But it's our annual visits, or our uh, weekly visit, I should say, with a decision maker from the Coyotes and joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, the GM of the Yotes, Bill Armstrong, here on Burns and Gambo. Bill, good afternoon. How you doing today? Yeah, we're doing great. We uh, had a big win up there in uh, Toronto, and uh, uh, we rocked Canada with our big win. So that was uh, that was uh, good, and it's uh, it's good to be up here playing a little bit of hockey. The weather's uh, getting a little colder, fall like out here, and uh, and that just makes people in Canada hockey crazy. So it's a perfect time to come up and steal a few points. Uh, do you have a skate on the Rideau Canal in Ottawa? <laughs> we haven't gone there yet. We I know, I know, yet. but have That's you ever skated there? Have you ever tour. you ever put the skates on and skate that canal? I have, and it is unbelievable, isn't it? it is, there's nothing better stuff for a hot chocolate and a, and a beaver tail there, and you're all good. Uh, the beaver tails. All right, let's let's talk about that win. I was so impressed with your team. Matter of fact, after their fourth power play, when they failed to register a shot again because your PK, your penalty kill, was so good, I heard them booing the, the team. They were booing the Maple Leafs based on how yeah. good your penalty kill was because they went four power plays without getting a damn shot on goal. Yeah, we were we were good, and, and that, you know we we came out firing. Uh, you know that was probably the most commitment from I seen from our team. Uh, we blocked probably more shots in that game uh, than the previous two games. Uh, just the team was, uh, you know, they found they were bound and determined to find a way to win, and uh, from blocking shots to playing physical to winning battles and uh, and executing on our power play, uh, it was a great game for us. Pretty entertaining game too. How much of that do you think was a, re- a residual bill from the first two games and, and maybe a desire to kind of get that out of your system? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one thing our, our group and our coaching staff does a really good job at. They're, they're pretty resilient. Um, you know, they, they come pumped up to the rink and uh, and ready to get at it. I mean, even our practice after we got beat in, in, in Boston the next day was just great. Guys were, you know, come, come to the rink with excitement. They're out there getting better. And, you know, they were on the ice early, uh, the majority of our team working on their skills. Um, our group is really good at that. Um, and I thought we have tremendous fight, and it showed up in that game. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be in a battle in here in Montreal tomorrow, and uh, we're looking forward to playing them. And uh, you know, been happy with the way our team has gotten better every game. Listen, I know the the, the rebuild is on, and, and you're going to build through the draft and have a lot of success. Yeah. And 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 this is your forte, and this is how you're going to do it. But in the process, you got to put a team out there. When you look at Bootstad yeah. and Ricci and Kraus and Fisher and even McBain, man, the yeah. size that you guys have when you go fight, you know, you you can match up with a lot of teams because you're, you're just size. Every every one of those guys is six two and over two hundred and five pounds. You guys are big. You're strong. You're heavy. How much of a factor was that in you putting this year's team together? Well, it is. We, like you said, we're going through the rebuild. We we, we got a plan. We're, we're, we're executing uh, with our draft picks, and we're going to pick high in the draft. But at the same sense, you know, we're all competitive people, or we wouldn't be at this level. And you know, we wanted to put a team on the ice that had some size and had some compete, would bang, you know, uh, do whatever it takes to win and, and, and stick up for each other. And I, I think you know the team that we have. You know, we're not. 
you know, ultra talented with finesse players. But what we are is we've got some size, and, and we can certainly outwork and out hustle and out grind teams. And uh, right now, our power play is really executing at a high level. So that's giving us a chance to to win games and be in games. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that power play because I think the key has been the guy you picked up last year in Ghost Bear. He was terri- <laughs> He's been great. Like he was. He's been great on the power play. I mean, he set up that first goal with the with oh, a beautiful yeah. pass, um, and then the blast from Keller on the power. play play. I mean, you had, you had one of the Maple Leafs player, you had the broken stick, and you're on the power play, and he gets a beautiful pass from Keller and just blasted. I, I think he's been I think he's been great on the power play for you guys. Yeah, he's been dynamite. You know, Ghost is, uh, you know, he, he's interesting. He came over from Philly, and uh, they paid us to take him, and he's been one of our best players. Uh, he, and not only that, he you know, if you watch him in practice, just his energy, his leadership, and what he's done for our team. He comes to play every single game, and he leaves it all out on the ice. And uh, he's just been uh, unbelievable uh, where he's played on the power play. And, and uh, you know, whether he can shoot it or he, he can freeze everybody with some a fake shot in the pass, he does a great job. And he's uh, him and Richie and Keller just seem to have some magical, uh, you know, connection there where they can find each other and then make things happen. I think I think all of Richie's Richie's goals are power play goals. But how good did it feel for him? I mean, he's now got as many goals as a Coyote at Scotia Bank at Scotia Bank Arena than he did as he did with the Leafs. I, know. I, don't, I think I don't think I think both of his goals with Toronto were on the road. So I think that's I, I think yeah. he's now got more goals as a Yote than he does as a Leaf there. Yeah, well, for him, he's you know he's he's a Toronto kid too, so he was he was pretty fired up to play. Uh, especially, you know, you know, obviously what happened with him, he didn't last very long there, but he's been a really good uh, piece for us. Uh, he's big, he can fight, he can, he's got a touch around the net, and he's just, uh, you know, he's found his home here. I know our coach really loves him, and uh, he just found a home, and he's, he's, he's a yoke. He's somebody out there that'll stick up for his teammates, and uh, he's got, he, he can bang some bodies, and once in a while he takes a bad penalty, but uh, you got to live with that, and that's just him being him, and uh, uh, we've really enjoyed having him. Bill Armstrong, General Manager of the Coyotes, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. They're taking on Montreal tomorrow afternoon. I know it's early. I know it's really, really early. And I know it's it's been a very small sample size. What have been your early impressions of Dylan Gunther so far, Bill? Uh, well, he's he's a smart hockey player. Um, he might be one of the smartest ones uh, I've seen in a long time, and, and he he's got ability to get breakaways. He's he's got ability to you know even though he's not strong enough, sometimes you know he gets knocked around out there, but he finds ways to to win the puck. Uh, he finds ways to get, to get offensive chances, and he, he's gotten better every single game. Uh, he's got in. You know, the the issue when you have is when you're young and you you get inserted into the NHL, your mind is just racing and 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 you're trying to keep up with the game because I've never seen it played that fast you know and and you, and once he settles down at the level and he gets a little bit more comfortable here you'll see the goal scoring starting to come out in him but he's had some chances he's had some looks of I like the way that he's played and you know it's never a bad thing when you add some youth to your lineup too guys are excited sure. about playing with him they're encouraging him they're teaching him and they're they're help guiding him and uh, they have a lot of fun with the young players playing tricks on him how much does a does this team need to learn? You, you've got that two nothing lead. You, you got a big stop on Riley by Vimelka. You get to that third period. You're up two nothing, and all of a sudden, bang bang, the two goals. Right? They get the power play goal. Yeah. Uh, Nylander after Brown actually blocks the shot, but he can't really. Be, uh, you couldn't. The goalie couldn't pick it up, and they 
the, the, yeah. get the, it was a Tavares shot, and then it goes in. And then, I don't know, less than a minute later, uh, they get the one off of, uh, I think it was off of Moser's skates, and, and Martyr gets the goal, and it's 2-2. Yep. And then you get up 3-2, and it's 3-3. How, how much does this team have to learn to close those games out when you've got that lead going into the third? Well, it certainly uh, it, it is a part of it. We've got to be much better in that area. But I think that's a little bit of learned, a little bit of muscle memory and learning, hey, listen, you know, you got to keep playing. You know, what made us good at the start was that we had the pressure on them. Then all of a sudden we started sitting back and, you know, they started coming. You knew they were going to push at some point in time with the, the great offense that they have. Um, but at the same time, we've got to be a little bit better and take it to them and not, and not back off. So I think it's a little bit of a learning lesson for our club and we'll see if we can learn for it and take it to the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night. Alright, three more road games and you're back home for your home opener. Bill, as always we appreciate the time. Best of luck the rest of the road trip. We look forward to talking to you soon, okay? Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. You take care. Thanks, Bill. Always a pleasure. Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Coyotes, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, our coverage of the Suns and their opening day continues. The Suns team is different. Just how different? We'll talk with our Suns guru, Kellen Olson, about next on the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports.